0: Let us turn in our Bibles to Psalm 2, the second psalm. We have read this one many times. We like it because it's a regal psalm and because it's quoted so many times in the New Testament. I want all of our young people to be well established in it, and I want you to know that the prophecy about Jesus Christ was dated and timed long ago, that He would sit on the throne of God and upon the holy hill of Zion after His resurrection. Let's all rise and read in unison the second psalm. Together. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder, and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh, the Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath, and vex them in his sore displeasure." Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest He be angry, and ye perish from the way when His wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in Him. Amen and Amen. You may be seated. The first two verses of this psalm are quoted in Acts chapter 4 at a prayer meeting of the apostles and the early believers because the Jewish leadership was persecuting them And it commanded them not to preach in the name of Jesus Christ. And there they were trying to get rid of the bands and cords of the gospel and the claims of God against them. And you know, we have it again today. We live in a time where even Christians are casting away his bands and their cord and God's cords away from them because they don't want any restraint in how they're going to worship God. They have a form of godliness but they deny the power or the authority of it, according to 2 Timothy chapter 3. So we see the first two or three verses quoted in Acts 4, and know that under inspiration, those early believers understood Psalm 2 to have already been fulfilled. And what does it tell us about the God that we worship when He sees men rebelling against Him? He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. Now, that may not be popular in many circles, but I hope it's popular here. I hope we love to worship a God that when little men think that they're going to raise their fists against the High King of Heaven, He laughs at them and has them in derision. They are nothing but a joke to Him. And then He speaks. And He speaks in His wrath and sore displeasure. He says, "...in spite of your efforts..." Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. David is here. David has been here for 2,000 years. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of David, is on David's throne at the right hand of God, ruling from Mount Zion over the kingdom of God. It says in verse 7, I will declare the decree. The Lord Jehovah God hath said unto me, this is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking in prophecy, Thou art my Son, this day have I begotten Thee. At a superficial reading of that verse, you would think that this is describing the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. But that is not the case. This verse right here, verse 7, Thou art my Son, this day have I begotten Thee, is not the birth of Jesus. This is the resurrection of Jesus. How do we know that for absolute certainty? because he wasn't set on his throne until after his resurrection, and because this verse is quoted in Acts chapter 13 in the middle of an argument by the Apostle Paul where he was proving the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is how we interpret the Bible. We put on the spectacles of the New Testament, and that's how we read the Old. There is no doubt about this passage. There isn't one shadow of a doubt. This was not at his birth but at His resurrection from the dead. And that is why He is called the first begotten of the dead. Amen. Thou art my Son, this day have I begotten Thee. The greatest declaration that Jesus Christ was the Son of God was at His resurrection. He said, Do you want to know if I'm the Son of God? Kill me, I'll come out of the ground after three days and three nights. Romans chapter 1 tells us that he was declared to be the son of God with glory by the resurrection from the dead. That's why he's the first begotten of the dead. That's when it was obvious to men and angels alike that God had a son according to the decree of the Bible because sin and death could not hold him. He had come forth from the grave and he rose up into heaven after 43 days, after 40 days and sat down at the right hand of God. And the Lord said, Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, the uttermost parts of the earth, like South Carolina, for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron, thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. One of the arguments of premillennialists is that Jesus does not have his rod of iron rule. This passage here tells us that he was going to get it in conjunction with his resurrection. Revelation chapter 2 tells us In verses 26 and 27, when Jesus was addressing the churches, He said, I will give you a place to sit with Me in My throne, and you can have reign and rule over the nations as I have received of My Father and am set down with Him in His throne. He already had the rod of iron rule as early as Revelation chapter 2, about 2,000 years ago. All we're waiting for now until all of His enemies are under His feet. Oh, there's no enemies He's struggling with. He's waiting for one reason. To wait till all of His elect have been born and born again. So that they can come into His kingdom. And then He will deliver up the kingdom to God. And God shall be all in all. 1 Corinthians 15, 24-28 And so the warning is to all kings of the earth. In verse 10, Be wise now therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son. And that's what we want to do today. We want to kiss the Son. A kiss of obedience. A kiss of submission to Him. A kiss to His sovereign rule over our hearts. A kiss to His Lordship over our church. A kiss to the Son of God who reigns over all. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Just for a couple of sentences, it is understood by most church historians that the first Christian king to embrace the gospel was the king of Wales while Paul was alive. Kiss the son, lest he be angry. And that nation... And the nations that have come from that nation and have been in close union with that nation have been different kind of nations than the other nations of the earth by the freedom of the gospel that's been allowed in them for a long, long time. And we should thank God for His mercy toward us who live so far away from the land of Israel that Jesus Christ is our King as well. Let's make sure we kiss Him this morning with all of our hearts, our passion, all of our minds, our understanding, all of our lives, and sacrifice all that we have for Him. May Jesus Christ be praised.